1: So we got some good news and some bad news. The good news is this is episode, I don't know, like 95, I think, of the intentional foul, but it's episode one of Goldberg's Corona Mania Halloween Havoc Spooktacular. (laughs) So that's the good news. The bad news is we have to now do this from two locations over the phone because our main man, Goldberg, got some some bad news over the weekend. I'll let you take it from there. Yeah.
0: Surprise. I am COVID-19 positive.
1: Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I don't really, I mean, you can ask all the questions you want. It doesn't matter to me. I'm, I can't smell anything. I can't taste anything. I'm. Trapped in my house for the time being. Um, Jane is has, was positive like a day before me, so
1: so you can blame yeah. her for it.
0: No, I don't even know. Maybe I gave it to her, and it, <laughs> it and and my symptoms came on late. I'm sure. It's right? My fault. Who this knows? My fault?
1: Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might as well just say it's yours. Everything else probably is. So why not this? Right? That's what I mean. That's right. Huh? Well. Yeah. I'm. I'm glad that you know. I'm glad you guys are you know, doing all right. You know, nobody's like super sick. You're just, you know, you got it. You feel kind of crappy. You got some of the symptoms, but you're not laid up, which is good.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a lot better than, you know, some other people that I know that have had it and are going through it right now. I mean, they're, they, they have and are facing some pretty rough challenges and I would not want to be in their position, but I definitely feel bad. So we, uh, right now anyway, and even though the, the next, few days to you know the next week is a lot of unknown i think i'm i think we're we're getting by on the easy end
1: do do the kids do they get it i mean do they understand they're on you know 10 14 day lockdown and and it's just the four of you kind of hunkering together
0: yeah i mean they do it doesn't make it any easier they want to go see grandma and grandpa and do some school out there and know have all the freedoms to do anything but they you know they're the ones that get the short end of it and really the kids have gotten the short end of it i think for since this whole inception of the whole thing because they're you know they're not allowed to play with their friends or see anybody or do anything fun because nothing's open and nobody's doing anything so i feel bad you know I, i i feel bad for the girls presley has a little bit of a little bit of a cold you know runny nose kind of thing so um but that's just what we got to deal with i guess
1: well since you were on lockdown all weekend did you did you get a chance to enjoy a bunch of football or or what
0: yeah i mean i watched you know i watched the badgers on friday i watched the i bounced around so many college games on saturday it's weird when it's not wisconsin i can't just stick with one game mm-hmm. i'm constantly flipping around to see what's out there so i never I never am able to just sit down and diagnose one game and who looks good. I was just checking around scores, watching a series or two and then I'm off and whatever. But yeah, other than the Packers and, and, and the Bears last night, yeah, it was it was nice watching some football and watching some movies and stuff.
1: Well good, good. Then then we'll we'll have some good content here. Um what do you, you want to start with the Packers, uh since they played on Sunday?
0: Yeah, I mean, God, it kind of seems <laughs> a lot's happened since then. Yeah. Um, so, but it's yeah, I mean, that was never in doubt. I was one of the things I was really impressed with with the victory was the fact that um, with Bocciare out, they were able to slide a couple of guys around and really kind of um, not put Rodgers in a whole lot of peril. Um, I thought Jamal Williams did really well and Jones instead, but you can tell when he's out of the lineup, that it definitely makes a difference. And I don't know how much they would have used Tyler Irvin on some of the jet sweeps and splitting him out and making a problem for matchups and stuff. But for, for those guys to both be out, you could tell it was a little bit more um, of a shouldered responsibility for the receivers. And it didn't really seem like anybody showed up other than Devontae Adams to have um, a big game. Williams caught uh, caught a couple of balls. Um, Jay Sternberger, he was in there as well. Tanyan didn't have as big of a game as I would hope, but, um, yeah, I mean, Adams, I mean, what can you say? I mean, he made, he made the defense look silly and this was one that I think a lot of people expected them to win handily and they probably could have won it more so than they, than they did. But it's one of those where you go down, get a win, go home and then regroup
1: yeah I, I admittedly didn't watch a, a ton of this game I was I was flicking around and checking out Red Zone and watching a few different ones just because I I, I just knew this was gonna be a walkover for the Packers. Um, I I was you know I watched the Texans in week you know the, the the opener against the Chiefs and I really hadn't watched them much since then but you know obviously you you, you know what's going on but watching them against the Packers, Man, they they look like a team that's packed it in already. I mean, granted, they're you know you know you're not making the playoffs, but the efforts just was not good. And you know, and to the Packers' credit, they exploited it, uh, which you would expect uh, Aaron Rodgers to do. And you know, Adams has a big game, and you know, I I didn't dig into the in numbers and look back at any of his game logs and stuff, but he seems like a receiver that when. When the Packers are playing a a team that's kind of reeling or they've got some guys down in the secondary, like he just goes nuts. You know, like those are like the 10 catch, 160 to 180 yard games he seems to have. Um, And, you know, he really played poorly against Tampa Bay, I thought. And he kind of needed a bounce back game. And and obviously, so did Rodgers. And they were both able to do that.
0: Yeah, one difference that I thought in the Tampa Bay game was that he was actually open this time. Right, um, right. I thought I thought Rogers was forcing a lot against Tampa, and, and granted, he was under much more duress than he faced against the Texans. But that that helps your quarterback one when you have time to throw, and two when your receivers are able to, you know, break on their routes and get a little bit of separation. So, but it's weird that you bring that up, and you know, I don't have any numbers to back this up either. I would wonder when the last big game Adams had against a real tough quality opponent that didn't have like a banged up secondary if he's drawn a matchup of a number one corner. Because I would have thought this would have been a great time for Texas or for Houston to, you know, double up on him or put a safety over the top and protect him. And maybe this this is the game that he spreads the ball around a little bit more. But instead – if your number one guy's always open, you're well, why not give it to him? I guess.
1: Hundred percent agree. And they were even saying that a little bit during the game that I was when I was watching. Like the Texans, like they didn't do anything out of the ordinary. Like, dude, you're one in five. You're playing a team that's one of the best teams in football. Like that's where you just got to kind of throw everything out the window and just take chances. But they didn't seem to want to do that.
0: No, and I, I mean, I didn't pay really in particular attention to the defense. They started two rookie linebackers. Kamal Martin came back off of, of injured reserve. Um, they're going to keep going with Chris Barnes. A lot of people say that maybe in a year or two, this is going to be a pretty good combination um, for them. But depending on what happens with Christian Kirksey, and it doesn't sound like Warren Burks is, that he's kind of a draft bust and's relegated to special teams. So it looks like they're going to roll with these two guys, one that they drafted and another undrafted free agent. Um, but I mean, again, another number one receiver. I was looking at at them talking about Jairi Alexander. They didn't target their top guy because Alexander was apparently you know blanketing him. Mm-hmm. And Watson was a good quarterback. I mean, he you know he's a good quarterback, but it it didn't seem like they're on paper. Doesn't it seem like Houston should be better than this?
1: Yes. Hundred percent, but you know it's that Hopkins trade. It 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 did something to that that team, especially that offense. Like like Fuller's good, but he's just fast. You know, like right. he's not really that good of a receiver. He's just fast. And David Johnson's eh. You know, so losing Hopkins is a big weapon, but but yeah, I mean, I I saw the same graphic you did about Alexander. Like it's and it wasn't just this game. It's like the last four or five games, nobody's really throwing at him. So you know yeah, I mean, that's it's, that's a it's nice amazing. weapon to have on along, defense.
0: Yeah, he's come along so far so fast to earn that respect like we're not going to we're not going to challenge this guy. So, I mean, there was a couple of events. In- I saw somebody said that this was the the best tackling game that they can remember from the Green Bay defense. I saw a couple of plays where again it was just like playing pinball where guys were just bouncing off. So I I mean, I I'm not a numbers guy. I don't work pro football focus, but it, that's not one of those things where I can say that definitively it was one of the best games they've had. I mean, unless you have every play where nobody's breaking five tackles at once on any particular one, then I'm not going to say it, it's a great game. It shouldn't take more than, than a, a guy or two to bring you down. I did see a couple of good ones in the open field, but um, you know, Mike Patton did have his defense prepared what they needed to do and, they got out of there with a victory, you know, that, that doesn't matter on to Minnesota, I guess.
1: So I I did hear a little bit of chatter yesterday, you know, okay. kind of talking about the Packers and, and, and were they, you know, if you're doing a power ranking of, of teams in the NFC or even in the league, kind of where do they fall? And there's still nationally a decent amount of people that are not sold on this team. Um, you know, now I don't really take anything away one way or the other in a game like this. I mean, I, I look at it, you know, the mark of a good professional team, baseball, basketball, or football is you got to beat the shitty teams that you're supposed to beat. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. the easiest, the easiest way to win, you know, 12 to 14 games in the NFL is to just, just beat all the teams you're supposed to beat. And then, you know, it's kind of split with the good ones and wait till the playoffs. But I mean, are you feeling pretty good about the Packers where they're at right now? I mean, health wise, the way they're playing and, and kind of the way, you know, the, the, the NFC is unfolding.
0: Well, I'm glad that there hasn't been a massive COVID outbreak on the team. I think considering what's happened in Brown County and what's happened with the Badgers, which we're going to get to um, kind of at the tail end, I think you can probably consider them lucky in that respect. I mean, the size of the injury uh, report heading into the ball game was just ungodly. so I'm, I'm i'm not really stoked about that but it seems like and you you were texting me about this you know before the game is that you know is this one of those games where if they lose it's all about injuries but if they win it's about having spectacular depth right and i mean i, I, mean, I think it does speak to their depth i i that's the year that they you know i I hate people that constantly bring up former championships and what was successful. But, I mean, if you talk about injuries, they were no more banged up than they were ever when they won the Super Bowl a few years ago. And and, and they did that coming out of the bottom seed. So I think depth is really important. And right now when you can do it by resting some of your guys, I mean, let alone the the, the record that they have when Devontae Adams doesn't play. I mean, if that's not, in, you know, If that's not an indication of how the rest of your team can perform, missing a number one guy at his particular position who's a pro bowler, I mean, that's pretty damn good. Granted, it starts with the quarterback, but I think this kind of mirrors the baseball season to a degree where I'm going to wait until halfway through the year in order to make my judgment because Mm -hmm. it seems like a lot of these teams that were good last year have just recently started to come on and really started to get a little traction and and go in the direction that they need to. So I mean, you know, I mean Seattle's always been good. The defense is definitely suspect. It's nothing like it was. So I really think that Seattle can be had like that. That would be a potential track beat. Tampa Bay started to come on. I mean the Bears, say what you want and we can get to them. I mean their record indicates that they're right there. Arizona has put up some good performances. The Saints are right there. We'll see if the Niners can get it together. So I guess I'm still in a wait and see mode until the halfway point or a little past that.
1: All right, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, speaking of throwing up in my mouth, um, (laughs) the Bears played last night. Well, allegedly they were supposed to play. Um, I don't know what that. I don't know what that was.
0: I need to watch a Bears game with you because I want to see your reactions and your nonverbal and just like the whole frustration that comes out in your text messages. It's just
1: a lot of confusion. Like I, I I've said it before. I just don't know what they're doing. I don't know that they know what they're doing. Um, I mean, they they lose to the Rams last night, twenty four to ten, in a game that I mean, it might as well have been a hundred to ten because. You know they're not; they can't score twenty four points. So it didn't matter what what it was. Um, it wasn't a close game, really at all. Um, it was an absolute punting clinic put on by the Rams special teams. I've never seen anything like five downed punts inside the ten yard line. That's inc- it was incredible. Yeah, but the same old story with the Bears. Their offense is completely inept. Um, they can't run the ball, and because they can't run the ball, Nagy is very, very quick to give up on it. Um, they've got their line is just bad. They've just got a bunch of guys playing out of position. They got tackles, you know, playing on the wrong side of the ball from what they're used to. They got guards that used to be tackles. Um, you know, a lot of penalties. Well, it's it's ugly, man. That's that's also.
0: That's also one of those things, and and we saw it last year with San Francisco. It is a huge bonus when all you need to do is rush your four defensive linemen, yeah, and that can beat five offensive linemen because there were times late in the game where St. Louis dropped seven guys into coverage because all they needed to do was rush the front four, and Chicago still couldn't handle it. I mean, that is a that is such a good front four that that's what you need to aspire to be, and. I'm not saying that you know Chicago's line was really really bad, but that's a really good defensive front, and they just tore them limb from limb.
1: Yeah, and the the inability to be able to run the ball. I mean, these two and three yard carries, it's it's just it's killing any rhythm and flow they have to their offense. And I I think you know I think Nagy is. I think he's confusing himself. I think he's getting some brain lock on the sideline with what to what to call. And, you know, Brian Greasy says said it towards the end of the game. Uh, and I don't know. It's, it's one of those things. I'm not sure it was an on-the-record comment that, that Foles said to him. But Greasy said that in their meeting they had before the game that Foles had made a comment about a lot of the times he's getting the play so late that By the time he gets to the line, he can't even really make any adjustments. They just have to snap the ball. You know, he's getting the play. He's getting the play at like seven seconds on the clock, and it's like they just have to get there and snap it. He can't audible out. He can't hot route. He can't do anything. He can't slide protection. Like there was a play last night where the the Bears had the ball in their own end zone, and uh, Darnell Mooney on the outside runs a a little. Hitch and go, and he's wide open, and Foles overthrows him, and it looks makes Foles look really bad. They come back from commercial, and they show the replay. And um, uh, what's the other guy? Lewis, uh, the other broadcaster, Lewis Riddick. Lewis Riddick. He's breaking it down, and he's like, "Look at this. He's like, Foles gets the snap, takes one step, and he's got two guys in his face, so he has to get rid of the ball. The receiver hasn't even come right. out of his break yet. No." So Absolutely. there's there's really no chance that the play can work because it's it's a mess. There's no communication and the line is terrible. I, you know you can call you you know you can call fools whatever you want a career backup a spot starter whatever. If you can't if you don't have two to three seconds to do something you're screwed. And that's what no, we keep I saying. Totally
0: agree. Totally agree. I saw him. I saw him, You know I watched uh, most of the more of the second half than I did the first half but I, when I saw him running for his life it's just one of those things where you know you, you, you say to the offensive line if you're the coach or the offensive coordinator you just say hey you gotta give the, our dude three seconds to throw the freaking football
1: you know and, and I when you watch your team that you root for with a, with a critical eye which as a Bear fan I've had to do for my entire life like there, there's just so many little mistakes that they make, like, you know, they've got the ball on their own 10, it's second and 8, Foles throws a pass to their tight end and he drops it for for what would be a first down, and now you have to punt and you're punting from your own 10 and you're not changing field position at all and, you know, the Bears defense last night was okay I mean, it, they, they gave up a lot of yards, they didn't give up a, a lot of points, but you know they're constantly put in bad spots, and then they also—I mean, Akeem Hicks had a roughing the passer penalty. He had a jumping on the pile late penalty. They had a couple of inter- pass interference calls. It's like you—you you can't keep having all these mistakes mount up when your offense is unable to even barely get to twenty points. It's impossible. Yeah, it's no, just it, impossible it, to it, beat good teams.
0: No, and that's one thing. If 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 a particular part of your game is failing. You need to play that much more succinctly in all other facets of the game because you can't afford to make those. You're absolutely right, and and they're just doing they're doing themselves no favors right now. And it's weird because I was looking on, I was watching Twitter because I follow a lot of the a lot of the score people. Even some of the plays, like I was texting on that on that fourth down fake run to the right, pitch left to Patterson, where he got blown up like. Two or three yards behind the line of scrimmage. That's when it really started to come out. Like pe- people were diagnosing exactly what went wrong and why it went wrong. And it, I mean, it's clear that now. I mean, if it if it wasn't before, the tide has really turned on Nagy's game approach and his play calling ability, and um, really what his strategic scheme is coming in. Because a lot of people that know some things about football don't know what he's doing
1: well i mean look they're they're five and two um they should have lost to detroit they should have lost to atlanta they should have lost to tampa bay um that's who that's really who they are i mean look i'll take the five and two record but they're more of a two and five football team than they are five and two, and and a lot of that falls on on the coaching. And you know, and the other thing with Nagy too, you know, for you can argue play calling till the cows come home, but what you can't dismiss is where is the player improvement? Where is there was no improvement with Mitch Trubisky? There's been no improvement with Montgomery. There's been no improvement with Anthony Miller. You know, they wait till week seven or eight to get their first round pick, Cole Komet, even basically involved in the game. Like I'm not seeing these guys that they're drafting and trying to develop, I'm not seeing them get any better. Even Tariq Cohen, I mean, his numbers last year, he caught a lot of balls, but I don't think he was a better football player than he was the year before as a rookie. Like I'm just not seeing anybody on this team get better, and that's concerning.
0: So how would you then like to see that addressed because the I mean the comet thing we talked about that last week he caught a touchdown he saw quite a few snaps they ran through that again yesterday and his like his playing time was severely less than it was the week before it's like and and that's one of those things where it's like McCarthy with the media drove them wild by saying you know, we want to run the football. We have, we want to have a dedication to running the football and what that, you know. But then something would happen, and it's like he forgot that there were running backs on his team. Yeah. And, you know, you know that Cole Komet's on there. You say you need to get him more staff. He just caught a touchdown, and then you don't play the guy. Yeah, who's the so, coach?
1: You say right, you need to get exactly. – we, we need to get him more involved in the game. Well, who the hell's calling the plays, man? You.
0: Right, right. It's like – Some of these coaches who say what they want to do and what's been a fault of theirs and how they're going to correct it—I mean, it's nice to hear at the time, but then when the time comes, it's the same thing that's been happening.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's enough (laughs) bear (sighs) stock. Let's move on. Week uh, week seven results. Um, Thursday night game was a total poo-poo platter, and I didn't watch one second of that. Uh, Philly twenty-two. uh, yeah, Philly 22, Giants 21. I, I do know that I believe it was a late comeback by Wentz, but that's pretty much all I remember.
0: No, and I and I said if there's football on, I'm going to watch it. And I watched maybe the first couple of series, and then I moved on to doing different things. Once you realize that, and I'm kind of starting to come around to you, where if you know it's going to be bad, you wait until it's bad, and then you realize, man, this is bad, and <laughs> then you turn
1: it off. Yeah, there's just other stuff to do. Um, yeah. The The Falcons continue their descent into the abyss of, oh of, of just finding ways to just completely shit their pants. It's unbelievable. They blow a game at the end uh, to Detroit, losing 23-22. All Todd Gurley has to do is fall down and not score a touchdown, and the game's over, but he scores the touchdown, and then they lose.
0: And it's tough to put that on one particular player. It is. It is, because your instinct people... is to
1: score, right?
0: Right, but like anything else, like in any sport, before something happens, you need to go over in your head, what happens if this? Right. You need to be a singularly-minded person about I got to get to the end. Wait a minute. That's not all that that entails because it affects other things. And I feel like, now, is that on the players or is that on the coaching staff to say, listen, if this happens, this is the scenario. But I feel like players should be smart enough to recognize that.
1: The shot after the game of Arthur Blank, the Falcons owner on the sideline oh, it was just great. unbelievable. I mean, good thing he had that mask on because God knows what his facial expressions were or what he was mouthing under that mask. So uh, fantastic. All right, Cleveland, Cincinnati. Uh, actually, a pretty entertaining game. Um, Cleveland ends up coming back late to win 37-34. Uh, the big news out of that one, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. blows his ACL out on a interception by baker mayfield of all things um and then baker mayfield as soon as beckham goes out basically has his best game of the year and throws five touchdowns including the game winner um so that that'll be interesting to see how that plays out with no beckham
0: yeah sounds like sounds like ewing theory going forward yeah
1: you know and sometimes it's weird and we've talked about it with basketball teams before and i think it it happens in, in football is especially at the wide receiver position. Like sometimes you got too many guys. It's hard to keep everybody happy. You know, I think, I think Tom Brady's going to find that out in Tampa Bay because you're already seeing Mike Evans not be the guy like he has been. And now you're going to bring in Antonio Brown. Ugh. Good luck with that.
0: Yeah. I don't know how well that that's going to work. I mean, he's starting to find Gronk a little bit more as well. So it's like, Hey, You know, the right Evans can say, I've been here for a while. I've put in the work, you know, now you two guys come over and just going to do your own thing and leave me out in the cold. That's especially for somebody in the receiver group who that position has proven that they have the most sensitive feelings on the entire football team.
1: No, no doubt. No doubt. And Cincinnati, they suck, but they're fun. And uh, I'll tell you what, Joe Burrows, he's good, man. He's, he's, he's a good player. Um, the game of the day. I, I, I hope
0: they actually get him some help.
1: I hope so, too. Uh, game of the day Sunday was uh, Pittsburgh at Tennessee. And uh, it wasn't great to start Pittsburgh out to the big lead, but ended up being a good one uh, down to the wire. Tennessee had a chance to send it into overtime, and Goskowski with the uh, wide right on the field goal attempt. So Pittsburgh still 6 and 0. That was a good one, though.
0: Did it seem like to you leading up to this that Tennessee was getting more of the attention? nationally than Pittsburgh. Yeah. With maybe just a few people saying that, Hey, you guys don't forget about the Steelers. They are a they they could be the sneaky best team in the league that nobody's talking about
1: well you got to remember Mike Vrabel coaches Tennessee Mike Vrabel played for the Patriots half of the people in the national media are either from Boston or wish they were from Boston so anything that comes from New England (laughs) or the Belichick coaching tree is just going to get more attention it just is and I like Tennessee I think they're good but yeah I, I if I'm Pittsburgh and actually if I'm Mike Tomlin I'm like that's cool whatever Right. Don't talk about Absolutely. us. We'll just keep kicking people's yep. asses. For sure. Uh, New Orleans beats Carolina twenty-seven to twenty-four. I didn't see any of that game. Um, I don't think I missed anything. Nope. I just I think New Orleans is very average, and uh, they got the Bears coming up this week. Um, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo plays down to the level of the putrid Jets. And escapes eighteen to ten. Thank God I didn't see any of that game because that just that score just <laughs> sounds terrible.
0: Yeah, no that that seems like a, a like a, a really long nine inning baseball game.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of things that are long, the Dallas Cowboys this season can't oh end quickly God. enough for for their fans. They are embarrassed, shellacked, pooed on. By the by, the Washington whatever's twenty five to three, and Andy Dalton gets his head knocked off, and everybody on the Cowboys team just stands there and looks at him. Um, not a good look. That that team is is a mess.
0: This is a and, and like I know you talked about, like like you put in the notes about McCarthy and everybody needs to get off him, but there's. There's some elements of his teams that I'm reading from a lot of people that have that covered him in Green Bay that are translating to him in Dallas that aren't you know, that's not looking favorably on his coaching style and how he runs the team. And one of them is that for the teammates not really being that cohesive and sticking up for, you know, a whole lot of a whole lot of their teammates. And I, I guess I find that really odd. Because unless it was Aaron Rodgers, nobody really did that in Green Bay, according to, a, to some of the beat writers that were commenting on mm. that. And that's not really how you want to run a football team, I guess. And, and granted, that's, that's kind of a microcosm of what's going on. But it's just one of those little things where you kind of tilt your head and go, really? Why wouldn't you want you know your guys to stick up for each other? Even, even if it's the backup quarterback. If this happened to Dak Prescott, would people be doing that?
1: I would think so. I that and that's that's the thing that's I don't know. it's hard to say. I mean I, I think it's a little unfair to pin a lot of this stuff on McCarthy. The guy's been there for like what? Three months? Right. Four months? Like they didn't even have a training mm-hmm. camp. Like he all of his linemen either retired or are out for the year. Like his his quarterback's foot fell off. I, I just you know, I don't know that you could lay a bigger shit storm. At the feet of a first year head coach in probably the most important team in the league. I mean, it's, I don't really know. I don't really know what it is that people think he's supposed to be doing right now because that team is bad. I mean, they, yeah, they're skill position guys. Again, it's kind of like the Texans. Like, yeah, they got three good receivers and they got Zeke Elliott, but it's like, well, but it doesn't matter because they can't block anybody. So and then on defense yeah, they can't no, stop I, I mean, anybody. I, I, so what, what? I don't understand. What good no, is Elliot? I, it doesn't matter.
0: I think a lot of the criticism. You are right. Is is for sure unfair. Um, but at the same time, I guess from an experienced coach like that, you don't. I don't know. I guess I just expected a little bit more, up until Prescott's injury. Like right now, I agree with you can't that. Hold him responsible for anything. Yeah. Right. Yep. So I, I don't know. I just for how highly sought after he was, and given the organization that Dallas is and was going into this season, I guess I just I didn't expect a Super Bowl by any stretch. I know a lot of people were talking about it, um, but I guess I just didn't expect them to look so hapless and disorganized. Um, even when they were at full strength.
1: So I heard this stat today, and I found it interesting. From the Cowboys' uh, inaugural season was 1960. From 1960 to 1995, through that 35 years, 16 conference championship games, they appeared in eight Super Bowls, and they won five titles. That was in a 35-year span. Since then, so in the last 25 years, nothing. No conference championship games, no Super Bowls, no titles. Um,
0: That's amazing, given that division.
1: And they're, hands down, by far, the most talked about football team in the country, which led me to, basically, I threw a couple teams down here in the notes, kind of who I would compare them to, and I was looking really more at kind of how they're a big market or or a... you know, a a super, a superstar team that's underachieved, but really there's only one team that they really compare to. They are the NFL's version of the Knicks. (laughs) Like nobody under the age of 25 has ever seen them do anything. So, so everybody that tells you how great, like I remember it used to be like shortstop for the Yankees quarterback for the Cowboys and, uh, center fielder for the Dodgers were like the three positions in sports that were like the ultimate, like who, who, who the fuck cares about that? That's like 17 years old right now. Who cares about being the cowboy quarterback? Like that doesn't mean Not anything right anymore. No, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's kind of like and- the Knicks. Everybody's like, Oh, the Knicks got to be good for the league to be good. And all oh, these free agents should go there. And they kind of do the same thing with Dallas. And it's like, it doesn't mean shit. If Dallas is good, nobody, it doesn't matter. Stop talking about them all the time.
0: That's why I I never understand from a broadcasting perspective why they get the national attention that they do because they're still feeding off that 90s era of when, you know, but they are quick to put America's team on national television. And I don't know if, if that's just the, that's the way they make the schedule and nobody else is interesting or, or good. But I, I just don't. You got to have accomplished something recently to get that prime spotlight. But it seems like it's just a default game of them playing somebody like the Redskins because it's a great rivalry. Mm-hmm. Well, look at, look at the two teams' record. Did that des- does that deserve a prime time spot? Hell no.
1: All right, well, we just did exactly the thing that I hate, which was talk about the Cowboys too much, so let's move on. Okay. All right, T- Tampa Bay slaughtered uh, Vegas 45-20. to 20. Yeah. Tom Brady looked like he was 23 instead of 43. Um, I think everybody in the NFC kind of has maybe pooped their pants a little bit here watching that team the last couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> Kansas City in the snow, which is always fun to watch on TV, destroys – Oh man, a, a pretty bad Bronco team. Uh, uh, I I thought they were going to be a little better this year. I completely whiffed on Denver. I know they had a lot of injuries, but they're they're just destroyed forty three to sixteen by the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, you know, watching that game to start with and seeing it in the snow that's that's one of those things where you that's like, football man. I get a little sentimental. Oh, yeah, I I I totally got a little sentimental and nostalgic and like just one of those things. But this is a really cool thing to watch just football it yeah granted it's you know near the end of october and we don't want to be talking about that yet but it's just one of those things when you see it it's just really really cool to see
1: did it did it bring back old memories of the turkey bowl for you
0: oh my god absolutely snow on the ground snow flying people getting hurt and going to the hospital and then going to hooters to drink ourselves silly absolutely uh
1: and what was maybe a, the most surprising to the casual fan, result of right. the day, but not that r- shocking if you've actually watched football this year. The Niners d- dismantled the the uh, the Patriots, thirty three to six. Cam Newton, oh boy, got benched. Um, got benched. yeah. Looked awful. Um, still dressed like a jackass at the podium after the game. <laughs> um, I think his his days, I think, are are numbered. Here quickly in New England, if he doesn't turn it around in the next week, uh, because that kind of performance is not going to get it done uh, for a team that's used to competing like they are. And uh, the Niners look good, but, you know, the, other than the beating the Rams last week, they've pretty much beat nobody. And they lost uh, Debo Samuel and uh, Wilson, their running back, who had three touchdowns in that game. Those guys are both out. So um, they continue to be maybe the most banged up team in football.
0: Is this an indictment on Belichick's coaching ability when he doesn't have Tom Brady when you're... Or or is it just that Cam Newton was a bad experiment because he's old, he's hurt, his skills diminished? Like, how does... And I I hate that I'm asking this because I feel like a national talk show host like Greenberg that really is, you know, trying to stir something up. But, I mean... It bears talking about to the point that maybe you don't give Belichick as much credit as he deserves. I don't know. Where where are you with that?
1: I To me, it's really simple. Um, I think players always matter more than coaches. Okay. that's uh, To me, that's the end of the line. I mean, Bill Belichick, you can drop the greatest play in the world and scheme the greatest scheme ever schemed, but if the players don't go out and execute it, what difference does it make? So I think, you know, and I compare the Patriots a lot to the Spurs. Um, I mean, Greg Popovich didn't get stupider when Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker were left. But (laughs) his talent talent dipped. So, like, they're still good. They're still competitive. But they're not championship contenders. And I think, you know, I think next year and going forward, I think the Patriots will will be competitive again. I just think you, you can't lose arguably the greatest player of all time and just keep going. I, It just doesn't work. And, and replace him with a guy who you didn't even know if he was going to be able to play. So, and, and he had COVID and I mean, they, that's, that's one of the teams in the league that really has gotten hit hard with some weirdness this year. But I mean, I'm certainly not shedding any tears.
0: No, I don't. I I don't really care if they fall down to the likes of the Jets. I
1: mean, yeah.
0: it, it it would be nice to see the AFC East get a little bit more reshuffled.
1: Uh, Chargers beat the Jags 39-29. Uh, Justin Herbert, again, another impressive outing. This rookie class of quarterbacks, we'll see what happens with two of this week, but um, been very impressive so far. And then the, the night capper, which was a really, really fun game. Uh, my Arizona Cardinals uh, <laughs> come back in overtime to beat Russell Wilson 37-34. Three interceptions for the MVP candidate, Russell Wilson, um, yep. in a game that they had won, up 10 with about, I don't know, four minutes left, and uh, they end up losing in overtime. Like I said, that's a huge win for the Cardinals.
0: Well, and that just proves that that is a team that can be gotten to. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, they have had problems with the Cardinals in the past when they were not nearly... The team that they are this year, and I'm talking about Arizona. So something about that franchise just bothers Seattle. And now that that Arizona has gotten quite a bit better than in years past, that's a really interesting uh, rivalry to watch going forward. Um, I think, and I mean, it, it just proves that if you if you mess with Wilson enough, you can force them into making some bad decisions, and that again, the defense you can put points up against them. So it's not like they're the clear cut number one team in the NFC or the NFL, because it, you know, it just proves that they can be gotten to.
1: Well, let me just say this about the Cardinals. I am all in on Kyler Murray. I don't know (laughs) if you've watched any Cardinal games, but if you get a chance, dude, that guy is really, really fun to watch. He's like a faster, shiftier Russell Wilson. Um. DeAndre Hopkins looks rejuvenated, playing with a a quarterback like Murray, and if you just want to watch one of the greatest professionals ever just do his job, you got Larry Fitzgerald there who just keeps on getting open and catching balls.
0: Yeah, I don't know when that guy has been on for the last decade plus that has allowed him to stay in the league that long, but that's... That's one of those things where, yeah, it's nice if you can stay in the league and hang around, catch the – he hasn't – like his production is
1: still up there that I think any team would want it. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and by all accounts, he's like the best dude ever. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of a – it's a fun team to root for that's not my team because, you know, when have Arizona ever done anything? They had that one good year a couple years ago and the one good year with Kurt Warner, and that's pretty much it. So, All right, playoff pitchers starting to kind of separate itself a little bit. Um, I'm going to go in order here, top seven in the AFC. We got Pittsburgh, KC, Tennessee, Buffalo, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Indy with uh, the Dolphins and the Raiders a game back at 500. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens with the Dolphins with Tua going in there. I mean, you know, I really have no idea how that's going to play out. And uh, you know, three teams from the NFC North right now with Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cleveland. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if if Cleveland ended up falling out just because they kind of get knocked around in their own division.
0: Yeah, this is and again, it's still it's still weird for me to see an extra playoff team in there, but that opens up so many more possibilities for people that are that are fighting for a spot. Like I don't. Right now, I don't think of Vegas as a playoff team, and it's still hard to see, like you said, the Browns in there. But I mean, though, you know, the first four or five teams that you mentioned are probably the cream of the crop in that in that division, with Pittsburgh and KC out in front, you know, just marginally.
1: Uh, NFC: We got Green Bay, Seattle, Tampa, Philly, ugh. Chicago, Arizona, the Rams. <laughs> And uh, the Saints right now on the outside looking in, along with the Niners, the three and three Lions don't sleep on Matt Stafford, and uh, Carolina also kind of hanging around uh, at three and four. So uh, a few more teams kind of bunched up in the NFC, but um, I don't know, man. I, I think if I- of-, of the teams that are in right now, the one I would say is the most in danger of falling out would be the Bears and. Uh, this, this game against New Orleans this week is really going to be a huge game because very, very likely they're going to have pretty similar records, and if you can get that tiebreaker, obviously that's, that's huge.
0: If you put the two conferences up against each other, um, and I know we talked about how the NFC is top-to-bottom garbage. I mean, I guess take Philly out of there and maybe take the Browns um, out of there. What... I don't know whether I take the the NFC or the AFC as the better conference as of right now, as far as talented teams are concerned. Because yeah, Pittsburgh and KC are at the top. The Packers and the and, and the Seahawks, as it stands right now, um, I don't know if they're as good. But I feel like I don't know. It's I feel not. Like a, it's not, not a huge. Like it's same.
1: not a huge gap. I don't think. But I. I think. I think you're right. Pittsburgh and KC are clearly the two best teams in the league so far. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, and I was thinking about it when I was, you know, putting the notes down for the Packers. Like, the Packers are playing a first-place schedule, and, like, other than Tampa, they've played nobody. Nobody who's any good this year. Like, they're about to play Minnesota for the second time, who going into the year you thought was going to be good. That's why that schedule release thing, like, it means nothing. You you have no idea you you can think you know who's going to be good in the NFL but you really don't know.
0: No, I I would not have I would not have expected the Vikings to have the year that they're having and I don't think anybody else would have either.
1: I mean the Vikings the Falcons and the Cowboys and even Philly. I mean like those teams are all at least two in some five games under 500 and we're already only in week 8. Shocking.
0: Right, and have already fe- featured some firings. Yeah.
1: All right, week eight matchups. Thursday night football. Another another doozy. Atlanta at Carolina. Oh my god. Yeah, we'll skip over that one. Um, Sunday, <laughs> New England at Buffalo. Um, that that one could be a little passing of the torch to the to the Bills as kind of the new AFC East power.
0: Yeah, I mean, I. Is, is Newton going to get the start? Is it going to be Jarrett Stidham? I'm I do know. Where are we at with the quarterback? Does it even matter at this
1: point? I don't think it matters. I think Buffalo is just a better team. Um, I think a little bit with the Jets last week, they might have been overlooking them. I think Buffalo would really like to stick it to New England because Tom Brady pretty much owned the Bills for the last 20 years. So, right. uh, Tennessee at Cincinnati, that should be an easy win for the Titans, but... Joe Burrow, man, he I'd be interested to see him against that defense.
0: Yeah, you hope he doesn't look completely overmatched and deer in the headlights because that's one of those things where you, you, you hope that after a year the guy's confidence isn't completely shot from getting banged around so much. But, I mean, if, if it's clear the guy can play, then he should be fine after this.
1: Uh, Raiders at the Browns. Uh, this is another one that could have some some tiebreaker implications for uh, Raiders are on the outside looking in, but sitting at three and three, um, you know, and Cleveland coming off a big win against Cincy.
0: I don't know. What are your initial feelings? I mean, you just saw you, you just saw Vegas get get rolled, and Cleveland have to really gut one out. Or do they have anything left um, in the tank for this one? Uh, or does you know is, is Vegas? kind of motivated by getting their ass handed to him. Yeah, I
1: think this is one of those ones where John Gruden just finds a way to beat Baker Mayfield. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I don't yep. know. That just seems like one of those kind of games to me. Um okay. Indy at Detroit. Uh two teams that can look really bad and look really good. So your guess is as good as mine on this one.
0: No, I have no idea.
1: Uh Vikings at the Packers. That should be an easy one for Green Bay. Uh, Jets at Kansas City, the line on this game is 20 oh and a half, I believe I heard today. Um the oh Chiefs. Oh wait, what
0: what's the what's the biggest line in recent history that that you've seen?
1: Well, I thought Al said today that uh the Patriots were like a 20-point uh favorite over the Jets a couple of years ago. So, uh, Jets okay. it's the Jets again, so that that tells you all you need to know.
0: Um, right, That's
1: true. So Rams at Miami in the uh, Tua, whatever tug of whatever. I can't say it. His debut. Um, pleased to meet you. My name's Aaron Donald. How does my helmet? <laughs> how does my helmet taste?
0: Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully that that doesn't. They don't stick him in the ground right near his, on on his hip. You know, and, and cause any problems.
1: I know they wanted to give him the bye week like is kind of the, you know, the extra preparation for his first start, but like really you're going to put him up against this defense with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey? Yeesh. Right,
0: rookie court, rookie quarterback against the front four when you don't even need the pressure from anywhere else on the field. Yeah. Doesn't really seem fair.
1: Good luck. Uh game of the week mm-hmm. here, uh Pittsburgh at Baltimore, 6 and 0 against 5 and 1. Um, this is this will be a good one. This is you know this is one of the best rivalries in the league. It's always hard hitting. Um, Baltimore, they're they've they're another one of those teams. They beat the hell out of the bad teams, and then whenever they play anybody good, it's kind of a crapshoot. So um, this is a big test for Lamar Jackson here um, in a pretty big divisional game.
0: Yeah, and it's another one for Pittsburgh. I feel like that if they weren't mentioned after last week. They win this one, and they're 7-0. I, I don't think the conversation should start anywhere else than with the Steelers.
1: And you're 7-0, and you would, would have won in Tennessee and in Baltimore in back-to-back weeks. That'd be right. impressive. Uh, Chargers at Broncos, that will be a no-watch for me. Um, <laughs> afternoon game, we got the Saints at the Bears. Uh, we talked about that a little earlier. I mean, it just boils down to can the Bears get to 20 points? If they can, they got a shot. If not, they're going to lose. Um, San Francisco at Seattle, um, Niners can really get themselves back in the mix here with a win on the road. But uh, I got a feeling that Seattle's going to be pretty pissed off about blowing that game Sunday night, and uh, they're going to be ready to go.
0: If this had a, a large crowd at that stadium, then I don't think it would be um, an issue. But I mean, we've seen that. Playing on the road just doesn't really matter this year um, as far as hostile environments and being on a field that is in, in a stadium that is unfamiliar. So, I don't know. Can this defense be had again? Can San Francisco figure it out? That, that would be one that I would consider watching just just for virtue of I want to see how good the Niners have Gotten in the last couple of weeks before the Packers have to go out there. Can
1: Jimmy Garoppolo have two good games in a row? That's the question.
0: Well, right.
1: Right. In um, what will inevitably be the worst uh, oh primetime game of the year, we've got the two and five, maybe starting their third string quarterback Cowboys at Philly on Sunday night. Um, it's going to suck because the World Series is going to be over by then. There's going to be nothing on. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do that night. That's going to be a rough one. And Monday night's not much better. Uh, Tampa Bay at the Giants. So, uh, yeah, get your football fix Sunday afternoon because Sunday night and Monday are going to be a nice poo-poo platter. (laughs) All right, that's it for uh, the NFL. About 53 minutes on that one, a little longer than we thought. But, you know, ain't like you're going anywhere, so.
0: No. (laughs) The only thing I have left to do is go to bed. Right.
1: Uh, World Series still going on. Uh, Game 6, as we speak, is being played. Dodgers lead the Series 3-2. to This has really been a pretty good series. I don't know how much you've been watching. Uh, Game 4 was was great. It was back and forth the whole night. Um, Brett Phillips, former Brewer, most known for his donkey-like laugh, hyena-like laugh, whatever it is. Um, came up with a huge base hit in the ninth inning, Uh, a couple of uh, botch plays by the Dodgers uh, lead to the run scoring and uh, Tampa Bay winning game four and then game five. You know, this has kind of been the theme of the show. Whenever I, like, bring up stats about somebody, how they struggle at something, they seem to then come out and do well. Uh, Clayton (laughs) Kershaw pitched a a really good game uh, in game five for his second win of the World Series kind of in line right now for the World Series MVP, which would be kind of crazy considering the last couple of years in the playoffs for him.
0: I am just, and I don't follow a whole lot of former Brewers after they leave, but that you always have a couple of those guys that you're kind of afraid to see go, that you wish would have gotten some more playing time, that you wish would have figured it out, that they would have had a spot for him. Because by all accounts, Brett Phillips just seems like one of those dudes that you would love to have on your roster. And some of the throws that I've seen him make over the last couple of years just to hose people from the outfield, um, I mean, it, it seems like where he can't get it together mostly is the play yeah. and that's big. But just just to, for, for him to come up and say, and, and I'm one of those story guys, so this is a good story for me because it's a former brewer. And I think a lot of people that really like hearing him you know, laugh and seeing him punch guys out from the outfield and stuff, I think they're probably pretty happy for him, especially since he's not, you know, one of those all-the-time, everyday guys that you can count on being in the lineup and producing. So it's it's cool to have, and he even said after the game, it's cool for, for Brewers fans to remember him now for more than just laughing videos.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I saw B.A. and Sophia and a lot of uh, people, you know, affiliated with like brewer media or things like that that we're all very happy for him. Cause he is a good kid. And um, yeah, I mean, he, he, he's got all the tools. The, the one, the only one that's missing is the, is the consistent bat. And unfortunately that's what ended up getting him out of Milwaukee. But uh, yeah, happy to see him come up with a big hit.
0: Yeah. I'm, I, I haven't watched a whole lot of the series. I've either been watching football or just doing other family stuff. It hasn't been, you know, appointment viewing for me, but I've, I've, I've watched a little bit of it. I've, you know, I've watched the highlights and, and, and the recap, but honestly, uh, I was rooting for Tampa Bay going into it. It seemed inevitable that the Dodgers were probably going to win, and it wouldn't really, really shock me if that happened tonight.
1: So, Saturday morning, I think that there were a lot of people in the media already printing up. Heisman Trophy winning T shirts for Graham Mertz after the performance well, he had Friday night. Five touchdowns, uh what was he, twenty for twenty one, um passing.
0: Yeah, and the one was a drop.
1: The one was a drop. I mean, I I tell you what, you know, we're we're both you're you're forty, I'm thirty nine, we've been watching this this football program for thirty plus years, each of us. Other than Russell Wilson, I'm not sure I've seen a Better looking, pure quarterback on that roster ever. Maybe, maybe I would. Maybe Sorgy for like that one year, but Graham Mertz is a redshirt freshman. I mean, that dude looked like pff, he had done this a hundred times. That was that was easiest pie.
0: Well, and it's funny hearing from a lot of the defenders, like they interviewed Rashad Wild Goose over the weekend after the game, and he he got asked about you know where. Where have you seen that before? And and he just looked at the camera and he goes, every day in practice, that's what that dude does. So I mean, if he's that consistent, I am the last person who wants to get really hyped up about something because I hate being disappointed when the when when the inevitable crash to earth um, happens. But man, seeing a badger quarterback able to just sling it all over the field to any member of the team. Is un and you know, he didn't have to target a granted Ferguson had what three, four touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to be the main target, but to see him spread the ball around to different wide receivers and some running backs and tight ends, I mean, it's nice to be able to see that and see such a ball dipped and on most of the time, right on the money, not afraid to take shots downfield 20 yards, 30 yards, whatever, can still do the small stuff, get in on the plan. Um, but then again, you know, I get guys like my buddy Huber, who says everybody calm down. It's against Illinois. And you and I were talking about that. We were talking it's about still- it before I even,
1: I saw him tweet that. And that was after you and I had been having a discussion about that. Like, Hey man, still a big 10 team. I, you, you have to play. Right. They're, they're in your division. You got to play them. So like,
0: right. and it's, it's, it's like the conversations about running the table Or going undefeated, uh, you know, against a really bad schedule, whatever. You know what? You still got to win every game, and you got to perform to a high level at every game. We talked about it with the
1: Packers. You got you got to beat the shitty teams and perform well against them, and that's what they did. That's what they're supposed to do. I mean, you know, we we, mean not everybody's. We got to stop being so pessimistic about all this stuff sometimes, and we're all guilty of it. But it's like. Man, this dude just came out of nowhere. I mean, not to completely nowhere. We all knew about him, but like, I would—I don't think anybody was expecting that. That was, of course, not as good a performance as a quarterback for the Badgers has ever had. And I mean, yeah, some of the throws he made were very impressive. You know, they—one of the announcers, I can't remember who was doing—oh, uh, animals kid, Laurinaitis compared yeah. him compared him favorably to Baker Mayfield. And I know people might turn their nose up about that like they're not comparing him to Cleveland Brown (laughs) Baker Mayfield they're comparing him to Oklahoma Heisman Trophy winning Baker Mayfield and that dude was a college star and if Graham Mertz can come anywhere near that kind of production for the next three to four years Badgers got a chance to be pretty special
0: and and yeah, Illinois was missing one of their talented guys for the first half because of a targeting penalty from last year, Jesus. and then their real, and then their really good linebacker Jake Hansen went out with a concussion and he missed the rest of the game, so they were missing a couple of guys at key points. But the only thing you really heard about Illinois going in was that they had a really good defense, and Mertz just decimated them. Yeah. Um, but the one, but the one thing that I think Badger purists would be a little bit worried about, and maybe they're not because or at least maybe, maybe they are now, given the, the test results that have come back. But I think one thing that they maybe weren't worried about because the quarterback was overshadowing is that the running game did not look great at no, all.
1: No, it did not. So, yeah, I mean, and that's going to be the thing where, you know, this might be a little bit different kind of a football team than we're used to seeing, at least this year, you know. We'll see. Uh, but. They're scheduled scheduled to. might not
0: even see the football team.
1: Right, yeah, I was just gonna say scheduled to play Nebraska Saturday, but uh, right now it is very much in doubt. The Badgers are approaching the COVID percentage limit for the amount of sick dudes on the team, and uh, I would be surprised at this point if they do play, and. You know, to to excuse the phrase, this just shows again how much the Big Ten stepped on their own dick. I mean, by <laughs> by wasting a month, dilly dallying, deciding what what they were going to do, they didn't allow themselves any wiggle room with any of these games, knowing full right. well that you're going to have a couple of games that this is going to happen. So now they have to turn them into a no contest, and. No. You're gonna get. You're, what if you have a team that misses three games? They only play five games. How do you qualify for the playoff? Um, you you have this asinine twenty one day rule for anybody that contracts the virus has to sit twenty one days. There's nowhere in America you have to sit twenty one days for anything. It's usually nope. ten to fourteen days. Why the Big Ten and their inf- like? What is Tony Evers running the Big Ten too? Like, what the hell is twenty one <laughs> days? I don't understand. The logic in that so you're talking about mertz and and the backup kid uh his name escapes me um, chase, wolf. chase wolf those guys might miss now what three games two games yep i mean it's yep. ridiculous you're you're down to danny vandenboom the fourth string walk-on quarterback and you're expected yep. to go out now and win big 10 games like i i don't get yeah, it yeah
0: i'm I mean, I don't doubt his accomplishment. Apparently, they got somebody else on the roster that I've never heard of. But it's Boom, And, I mean, I was saying on Twitter, because John Mary was, was the biggest fan of this kid when we called his Division 5 high school championship game. Groshek was an accomplished quarterback in high school. And we saw him at Camp Randall just decimate an opponent in that, in that Division 5 game. He got... A scholarship offer, I think, at the D2 level as a quarterback and a linebacker, but nobody else wanted to have him play quarterback. So, I mean, he could, and that could open up some potential wildcat possibilities, but don't tell me that he's he's zipped the football um, under center at UW in the last four-plus years that right. he's been with the Badgers because they have guys that are way more accomplished than him. So, all of a sudden, to flip the script and, and come out with a completely new offense, because you're low on quarterbacks is that's unrealistic. Um, if yeah, if anybody they got a role with Vandenboom, who won state titles with Kimberly, and that's great. But clearly they got guys that are better than him. I I, I don't think it's going to be the same having him under center as even even Chase Wolf. Yeah, and I, and
1: I'm yeah. not I'm not knocking the kid at all. I'm just like yeah, you're 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 right. four, you're a four string walk on for a reason because the other three yeah. guys are better than you. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yep. you got know, any, you got anything else or uh, any parting parting words of wisdom here?
0: I have no wisdom to impart whatsoever. I'm stuck in my house for the next seven or eight days. I'm going to be watching an ungodly amount of television and sports, and hopefully trying to help my kids with their homework and just try and stay sane so that when I'm allowed to leave and go interact with somebody and maybe taste a little bit of food I'm going to favor every goddamn bit of it
1: and you're going to still be active on Twitter because I got to have some comic relief so I can leave you snide comments like I did today got a lot of likes on that yes you did thank you um <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah man um I don't know I, I guess that's all we got for this week um We'll hopefully be back. We'll, we'll we'll be back on the phone again next week for sure. Yeah. And yep. then
0: probably, uh, pr- probably next week, same same setup. And then um, provided I don't have a beaver, I'm still not under the weather dealing with this crap. We'll be back in the studio basement. Yeah. Studio we'll, B for we'll play the it. foreseeable future.
1: We'll play it by ear, see how it goes, see how everybody's feeling. Right. And uh, if I want to allow your germ-infested ass onto my domain. So
0: Thank you. <laughs> There's a good one.
1: As always. <laughs> Alright, so uh Intentional Foul Podcast. Check us out on Twitter. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. And uh I'll give you the last word this time. We'll we'll see you down the road. Yay, COVID. Nice.